Hello all. Once again, welcome back to Lazy at Successful Politics. I'm Justin, and let's dive right into it. So the last couple of days have been a tumultuous time in the United States due to the president's hospitalization with COVID-19. And we talked about this on a few previous podcasts. Uh, essentially, the president's case was more severe than initially let on. Uh, given the timelines on which the president was infected, he apparently was actually diagnosed with coronavirus as soon as uh, Wednesday, despite having claimed to only had coronavirus and only had that diagnosis on Friday. And he's been getting steadily worse throughout the week uh, with declining oxygen levels. He went to Walter Reed Medical Center and to receive treatment. And now, uh, Today, at 6.30 Eastern Time, the President of the United States left Walter Reed Medical Center. And he seems to be in good spirits. And that's a, that's a, good, that's a good thing, certainly. The President being healthy is far and wide a good thing. Um, of course, Donald Trump is Donald Trump. So... If you're expecting him to not turn this into a narcissistic um, rage again and a campaign bullet point to say that he is better than Joe Biden, um, you you're not living with realistic expectations, unfortunately. So let's get started here. The first thing we should probably talk through is what the president was actually treated with over the past couple of days. And there were uh, two drugs he took. One was Remdesivir, I think. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And the other was Dexamethasone. I'm definitely not pronouncing that one right. Uh, the first Remdesivir is an experimental antiviral drug that is used on coronavirus patients in certain cases and is being touted as an antiviral cure to coronavirus. Um, Trump was given that this isn't something that's available yet to the public, but it's in trial right now and available for compassionate use scenarios, I think was the name of it, um, which include uh, the president's, which of course include the president of the United States being in the hospital with coronavirus. And um, here's a little tidbit that I don't think came out initially, but something that came out in the last couple of days is people kept looking into what happened. Uh, Remdesivir is actually promoted by a company that Trump owns stock in, which probably explains how he actually got access to the dang thing in the first place. It probably had more to do with that, to be quite honest, than his position as the president and the advantages that world-class medical care afforded him. And that seemed to work fairly well um, for all intents and purposes. And he did make a good recovery partially because of that. In addition, there was uh, supplemental oxygen that the president received. That was what, in fact, caused him to be admitted to Walter Reed Medical Center. His blood oxygen levels uh, started dropping, and essentially his own uh, medical staff threatened him, saying he could either go while well, he could still walk or get carried out of there in a stretcher, and Trump agreed to uh, walk to the helicopter and get sent to Walter Reed. The third thing that Trump took, and this is where things are going to start to get interesting, is uh, dexamethasone. So this is a steroid that's 
useful in treating those with severe coronavirus and allegedly was administered because of the severe decline in the president's blood oxygen level. And here's why this is interesting. There's a mix of perspectives being given on whether the president was actually severely sick or not. Uh, his medical staff primarily has been stating that he was not severely ill at any point in downplaying his illness, but some such as Mark Meadows were saying there was no clear path to recovery. And dexamethasone is something that's only really approved for patients uh, with severe coronavirus. So there's really two scenarios here. Either one, the president actually had severe coronavirus and it was concealed, which seems like, you know, what actually happened, given he's talking about this in the first place. I mean, if he could avoid talking about coronavirus, him having coronavirus, I'm sure he did. It didn't do him any favors, I don't think. Um, but the other possibility is that the president actually wasn't sick and it wasn't as sick as it appears and he was over-treated because he was a VIP uh, client, so to speak, and they wanted him to recover and recover well, so they over-treated him. Now, uh, interesting tidbit about dexamethasone, a side effect of this, a rare side effect, I should say, but a side effect nonetheless, is grandiose delusions. And essentially, well, Go, getting out of your own mind and going a bit insane. And this is an angle that has been played up in the last couple of hours as asking if President Donald Trump is actually in a sound state of mind after taking this medication. And the bullet point that indicates he may not have been primarily is his limo ride. And for those of you that don't know, he took a ride on a limo uh, outside to see his supporters. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons this doesn't make logical sense. First, um, it, for, firstly, the way to see this is by looking at how it was received by the medical community. Now, the reason that this sort of thing wouldn't typically be allowed is it's very rare, actually not allowed at all, for doctors to let patients go free mid-hospital stay. And the reason for that mostly comes down to the fact that the president could not be easily monitored during that time while he was in the limo. And if he had a severe episode or something bad happened or he had trouble breathing, there wouldn't be anybody around to really help him. A secondary reason is it's a bad decision-making process. Um, the president knew he was sick and he still went out in that limo, he still infected all of the Secret Service agents that were in that limo. It's a hermetically sealed van, so the virus is going to spread actually worse in there than it would outside in normal conditions. And everybody in that limo was fully exposed to coronavirus. And the question being asked is, did the president make that decision in a sound state of mind? Because that's not a sane decision to expose your staff to coronavirus, to expose the people protecting you to a virus that very well might kill them. That's not a decision a sane, rational per person makes. And many were saying the president should have received a psychological evaluation for this, but he didn't. And that brings us to uh, the question I would like to pose in today's podcast, which is, is Donald Trump out of his mind? And I don't mean out of his mind in the sense that he's normally a narcissistic fool, I mean out of his mind in the sense of, is he actually affected from dexamethasone and 
Is he actually not able to function right now as much as it's suggested he could? And Exhibit A, I'd like to point to, beyond just the president's um, limo ride shenanigans, is actually the president's own Twitter. So Donald Trump being Donald Trump, he of course went on a tweet storm soon after leaving. And there were a few interesting things that he said. And I don't think, again, these tweets show him as being in a white mind, bright mind. We can start with what the president said this morning, if it's still up, and I hope that it is. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Cat interruption on the podcast. So this wasn't actually in a tweet this morning, but this was in a video he did the other day, I believe. Um, he said that coronavirus wasn't something that mm-hmm. we actually needed to be afraid of and that it was something that he was able to beat and that was easy to beat and that we shouldn't let coronavirus dominate our lives. And that's, I mean, that might just be Donald Trump playing up the campaign angle of asserting that of asserting that he's holding a position of strength and trying to turn this into a political thing. I mean, heck, he issued an attack out against Joe Biden just for him not having coronavirus and not having as much hands-on experience as he did. Um, but moreover, the moreover, the president is saying that this virus isn't a threat, and the reality is that that's just not true, even by the circumstances he was in. And he did say, he did say something else. He said he felt better than he had in the last 20 years, and that might be uh, bravado on his end, but it's quite possible he does genuinely feel better than he has in the last 20 years because he's high on steroids, and he feels like he's invincible because of it. And here's the thing. Um, Steroid medication can help reduce fatal outcomes, and the medications the president received can help him heal, but the bottom line is what the president is fighting is a virus, and in order to beat that virus, what's going to beat it in all likelihood is his body's own natural immune response. Suppressing the symptoms and running himself ragged is only going to result in more trouble. It's only going to result in literally, God forbid, the president being exactly in the same scenario in a couple of days, hospitalized in Walter Reed, and now having a medication that maybe isn't as effective as could have been. The steroids he took made him feel good, but that doesn't mean he's healthy. And we can take a look at the other tweets he did during the day as well. Uh, He went on an all-caps rage on Twitter, saying, uh, Stock market highs. Vote. Strongest ever military. Vote. Law and order. Vote. Religious liberty. Vote. Because tax cut ever. And another one coming. Vote. 401k. Vote. Best VA ever. 91% approval rating. Vote. Space Force. Vote. We can talk about the Space Force on a different podcast, but... Okay. Uh, massive regulation cuts. Vote. Pro-life. Vote. Better and cheaper health care. Vote. Protect pre-existing conditions. Vote. Fight the corrupt fake news media. Vote. Save our second amendment. Uh, the corrupt fake news media who you infected with coronavirus at the fucking Supreme Court nomination and have not told any of them about contact tracing. Just like you did to Joe Biden. Uh, anyways, I digress. Um, save our second amendment. Vote. Peace through strength. Bring our soldiers home. Vote. That's... whatever Um, he went through that Twitter rage 
went through, uh, count them, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 15 all caps tweets in a number of seconds. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this, the president might be making up for lost time during that, but I cannot believe for a moment that anybody in their sound mind will be putting out that many tweets in such a shorter time span. Because the reality is some of those might help reach your audience and it might look strong, but you're not going to see the numbers of views and the numbers of, you're not going to see the reception you'd see on 15 tweets that are cannibalizing each other as you would on one tweet. And he could have had a more effective messaging, but he didn't. He went out on his own to make these tweets. He went out on his own to assert that these things were true. And in doing so, he showed, to be blunt, a lack of judgment. And that might be the normal Donald Trump lack of judgment we're used to, and this might not be the end of the world um, with respect to Trump's campaign, but it's weird behavior, to say the least. And you know what? You know what? His family, his family actually knows that. His family is concerned about him right now. And they were all concerned about his tweet storm. And they were all concerned, or at least... Don Jr. was concerned, and we'll get to that in a moment, about his COVID joyride through the crowd of supporters. So here's exhibit two, um, his own family. Donald Trump Jr., uh, the president's son, has been deeply upset by his dad's decision to drive around Walter Reed Medical Center in a crazy coronavirus infecting spree. He thought that Don, Don Jr. thought that Trump was acting crazy, and he has even lobbied Ivanka, Eric, and Jared Kushner to try and convince the president they need to stop being unstable and to stage an intervention, but he can't because nobody in his family wants to tell him he's acting crazy. And that being said, even the the whole family actually wants Trump to stop with the tweets. They're worried and they tried to get him to stop tweeting because they're concerned about his own fitness after he's prescribed those drugs and after dexamethasone caused him euphoria and general happiness which is one of its potential side effects as well in addition to uh grandiose delusion side effect and this might be an example of history repeating itself so at walter reed medical center on sunday i want to say uh the president tweeted it was actually saturday the president tweeted himself or an image was pre-tweeted of the president signing different papers while at Walter Reed Medical Center. And at first, the view here was that this was a staged photo op because upon zooming in, you could see that the papers were fake and that they were for medical folders. But there's another possibility here, which is actually that this photo op wasn't for Trump supporters, but for Donald Trump. The reality is that Fred Trump Sr., Trump's father, had Alzheimer's in the 1990s and wasn't in a sane state of mind. And his family actually created a system so that Fred could think he was still running the Trump organization. Every day, uh, Fred would go into office in Brooklyn and they would give him blank papers to sort through and sign. And what was Donald Trump given in Walter Reed Medical Center? Blank papers. And the phone on his desk was set up so that he could only dial up to his, out to his secretary. And if you noticed, over the past couple of days, Trump's tweeting was very subdued. And, you know, that might have been because he was recovering from coronavirus, but that could have been because his family didn't give him access to his Twitter account. 
because it could have been a reality that he was actually tweeting manically in his bed on a phone that was disconnected from the internet this family gave him, much like what happened when his father suffered from Alzheimer's. And it could have been that the president still thought he was working during his time at Walter Reed Medical Center. And to be honest, I speculate that's what happened here because the oddity of those papers of Trump, the oddity of those papers Trump was signing is that they never came out of his own Twitter account. And if you think about it, that's a very strange thing for a man who tweets 24 seven about the most random of things to try and help his campaign. Why didn't Trump have a video or image of himself signing tweeted on his own account? And the answer there would be because Trump wasn't in the one making that decision and the one in control of the situation. The reality is that the people who were likely in control of that situation were the people who uh, posted the photo, which happened to include Ivanka Trump, his daughter. So I think, I think that Ivanka Trump gathered a set of medical papers and got her father and took him to a room in Walter Reed Medical Center and had him sit down and sign the papers and took photos as he did, but told him specifically that he was signing those papers to actually pass bills and continue to serve in his presidential office while at Walter Reed Medical Center. Because I think that, and this is not only from looking at Fred Trump's behavior, but this is looking from uh, Donald Trump's behavior, I think he would like to believe he is still working and still has a position of authority. And I think something that would comfort him in that situation is that belief. So I think that's something his family tried to give him. And here's what that might mean. It might mean that Donald Trump, as of right the second, is not in control of his own actions and is not in control of himself because of the medications he has taken. He is not able to make rational, grounded decisions. Now, in addition to that being a huge national security threat, we also have the problem of who is in control of the president's decisions right now. And the reality is that in all likelihood, it's those around him and his family, including Ivanka Trump, including Jared Kushner, including Eric Trump. So my question is, is Trump's family right now secretly serving in the office of presidency to avoid, and coercing the president, to avoid creating a scenario where Mike Pence needs to choose between going on tour to boost Trump's campaign or staying in the White House to act in presidential office. Essentially, to keep Nancy Pelosi, who would be the person who would be in charge if Pence were to leave when Trump was ill, out of that role and out of that position. It's an interesting question, to say the least. And the reality is right now, I think you can watch the videos of Trump leaving Walter Reed Medical Center watch the videos of him speaking. And the reality is that in none of these videos does he look like his normal self. In most of them, he seems sicker. In some of them, he seems more clear and enthused than he has ever been 
the president of the United States as of right now is not in a right state of mind. And that's an unfortunate reality that we are finding ourselves in. And I want to note as well, to call out in a third example, what the president's behavior was when he returned to the White House, because this is deeply, deeply concerning. When the president stepped up to the White House, he tore off his mask as soon as he entered the building. You could take two things away from this. You could take away the outcome that, you could take away the opinion that Trump doesn't believe that he's infected anymore. And I genuinely think that might be what's happened. He might genuinely think he's better because he feels better and he's not able to make correct decisions. I will give him that benefit of the doubt. However, the other possibility is that the president doesn't care at this point who in the White House he infects and is actively behaving as a carrier of the coronavirus because he doesn't care about the health of others. I mean, he even went up and said that he was naturally immune. He went as far to say that he might be naturally immune from coronavirus despite these treatments being the only thing that actually helped him recover. And there was a question being asked of if this is going to hurt Trump and Trump's position. And the reality is that under the influence of this medication, under the illness he has faced, Trump seems infirm. He seems greatly, terribly infirm. And considering that was the argument he's tried making against Biden's presidency, the reality is he is going to make slip-ups in the next few days that are going to make his maintenance of the position impossible. I talked about the predictions of the likelihood that the president would win the election and the likelihood that the Senate would win the election a few days prior, a few podcasts prior. And the conclu- what I came to was the debates had greatly decrease the Republicans' likelihood of winning. And that's become immensely more clear. The Democrats are now even more favored to win the Senate. The Republicans are now even more favored to lose the presidency. The reality is that all of these people are going to lose their positions. Or at least all of them that are up for re-election. Uh, maybe excluding Mitch McConnell, he literally seems immune to it for some reason because of the Senate race with Amy McGrath. Let me just say this. If you're a person watching this or listening to this podcast who uh, is donating to Amy McGrath right now uh, to beat Mitch McConnell, please just stop. It's not going to happen. I mean, there's been so much money poured into that race. It's not. She's not going to win. Mitch McConnell is going to win that race. There's just that's just the reality of the situation. You have to deal with it. If you don't want to deal with it look into moving to Kentucky sometime in the next four years and we can stop with this trend where Republican we, we can stop with this trend where Democrats occupy the cities as safe zones and don't spread out elsewhere because that's really something that's greatly helping the Republicans maintain the Senate right now so we have that we have all of that loveliness we have in addition to the presence of medical staff producing a view that his behavior right now is craziness. We have the Secret Service expressing a view right now that his behavior is terribly unsafe. Everybody who is around the president as of this moment does not support him. And they do not support the idea that he is of sound mind. 
we need to get to a state where we have leaders as a country that are that are actually in right states of mind and that are actually able to make good decisions. So let's rephrase what this election is. I, do, I thought initially this election wasn't political because it was essentially a decision of whether voters want to accept or reject Donald Trump. But I think the... I think the vote right now is a different one. I think it's a vote between delusion versus reality. The vote for delusion is voting for Trump and the world he's created and voting for the idea of somebody that can somehow rescue the country despite having caused most of this mess in the first place. And it's a comforting reality, but it's not a true one. And it's one that has gotten actual people killed along the way. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mentioned it once a podcast, Herman Cain is dead because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump killed Herman Cain. Donald Trump is responsible for the murder of Herman Cain. The President of the United States murdered Herman Cain. I, I don't know why nobody's talking about that, but whatever. We can, we can wait until after he's out of office and the world is freed from this delusion. I, I don't even, I, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, or you can vote for Joe Biden who's presenting a reality. He's not, he's not a perfect candidate. Nobody is under the delusion that Joe Biden is a perfect candidate, but he is an infinitely better alternative to Donald Trump at this time. And I think the reality is the way this election is going, and I hate to say it in this way, I think come 2024, the Republican Party isn't going to exist because it can't. The Republican Party has embroiled itself too much with Donald Trump and too much with his delusions. So if Trump goes down, so does the Republican Party because too many people are in too deep. Too many people have too many connections to Russian politicians. Too many people have too many connections to Russia. Too many people have done things and have blackmail on them from Trump and from things they've helped him do. And they can't continue their campaigns. And once all of that comes out and it will, once Trump is no longer in office, the Republican Party isn't going to be able to maintain itself. And it's going to dissolve. And I mean, like, I think a lot of those people are going to either funnel into the Libertarian Party or the Green Party, and that's going to be the second party in this country. But the Republican Party is effectively, because of Trump, now dead. And there's nothing that can be done about it. It's just a reality. And you know what? That's... Eh, we're, we're in a tricky situation right now as a country. I mean, I, I, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about it regarding the Senate in the coming days, considering they're trying to recess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a good situation, and I don't want anybody listening to this to be under the delusion that the things these senators are facing and the things the president is facing, the things that people are infected, that infected by coronavirus are saying are good. It's a terrible disease. And I don't want you to think that even if there's some weird convoluted upside that comes from this, I mean, if somehow Amy Coney Barrett doesn't get nominated to the Supreme Court and Merrick Garland takes her place, I don't want you to be under the delusion that this on the whole was a good thing. It is going to take a long time for the country to recover from this. 
So, that leaves us with waiting. That leaves us with waiting to see what happens with the president. That leaves us with waiting to see what happens with the Senate. And we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, yeah. So, once again, I'm Justin, um, Lazy It's Successful. We have a website now, www.lazyyetsuccessful.com. We also have a YouTube channel and a Twitter. Uh, that information is posted on our Anchor. Uh, you can follow us there for more political updates, which will I, I'm targeting at least three times a week to try and get on a normal schedule with this. Uh, I mean, if something crazy happens, I'll jump on the microphone and record a podcast, but that notwithstanding, um, you'll hear from me every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then my husband and I podcast once a week um, regarding not just political things, but broader things going on without, within the world, our own lives, and our experiences uh, living in Wisconsin. So that's all for now. Thanks. I'm just and I'm signing off. See you on the next one. Bye.